0: Yes. Good afternoon, Rabbi Wickler. How are you?
1: Baruch Hashem. Uh, we spoke only a few days ago, but I, you know, I don't, I, you were then shoveling uh, some snow, and now we're shoveling some snow.
0: <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Uh hope, yeah. I hope it's not too bad right now.
0: Right. No. Baruch Hashem, we're doing good now. Now it's all gone. So, so uh,
1: you, you are uh, you you are pretty recent, but you are the uh, the the Kashrus administrator for the uh, for the the Divad in uh, uh it, it, the scroll k for the Vodav, right of, so of, we, of, of uh what is it called Vodav,
0: um. He, that's exactly what it's called it's called the scroll k the scroll, scroll k, k. vadakashra oh,
1: so um, k.
0: rabbi heisler who ran the scroll k for many years uh recently he retired and uh although he still does do consulting work for us and he is involved but uh, i have now um taken over the uh, the reins for the scroll K, and um,
1: yes, that's, that's what I'm doing now. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background? I know you were involved in the yeshiva, or maybe you still are involved in the yeshiva. I don't know. I, I just saw your name associated with the with the Denver Koleil.
0: So the Denver Koleil I learned with for many, many years. I learned here in the Denver Colo after I was married. I was in our show for a number of years. And then afterwards, I came to Denver, and I joined the Lakewood Denver Community Colo. Uh-huh. And, um, and uh, I learned here for, for a number of years. Uh,
1: where, where and where are you originally uh, from? Where are you from originally? Uh, originally, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Ah, very Nice. So, so you're yeah. used to an out of town setting somewhat. I mean, I don't know how much, how much Cleveland's out of town to me. Everything out of New York City is called out of town. You know that's it, how you and,
0: get, and, the, and it is that is correct. It really is. Cleveland is definitely out of town, and uh, Denver, all the more so, is out of town. But yes, that's what I was used to. I grew up that way, and I did spend a number of years in New York in yeshiva, and in Lakewood. But uh, I am, but that's a familiar setting for me.
1: Well, well, New York and Lakewood—I think most of us know. So maybe give us a little bit of a difference between uh, Cleveland and uh, and 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 Colorado and uh, and and the rest of what's like in New York.
0: Well, you know, Colorado, which I'm most familiar with now—I've been here now for 18 years in Denver—and Colorado is a very, very unique uh, city. It's a very small uh, Jewish community but a very special Jewish community. There is uh, anything that, you know, you would need. You have your uh, yeshiva, kayol, and shuls, and uh, mikveh, and bit Yaakov, along with uh, restaurants, and a pizza shop, and grocery store, with uh, the local supermarkets that carry kosher food. So it really has all the different uh, items that one from a Yid would need. In addition to that, it's, it's small, so it's Hamish, and it's you know, people—it's very, very friendly, and um, there's a lot of and a lot of bnei peri that live over here. So that's that's what that's what Denver is like. It's the the downside is that it's far from New York. So everybody has mishloach in New York and New Jersey. It's <laughs> it's far. It's uh, thirteen hundred and fifty miles away from New York.
1: It's more than that.
0: It's Eighteen hundred miles away from New York. So it's quite a quite a distance from New York.
1: It's really only a few steps away from New York. get on the plane, and you get off the plane. That's all it is. <laughs> That's correct. That is true. You're right. Whichever which yeah. way you're going. Uh, right. Did you attend the ACO uh, bottom conference yet? Yes, I have. So, give me an idea what that's all about. I, I don't know if our listeners know you know about ACO, but we'll, I'll talk a few seconds about it. ACO is the Association of Casual Organizations. Actually, there were different names that ACO had. And the, yes, Rabbi Heisler was uh, not the original, the original was Rabbi Shandlov, But afterwards, Rabbi Heisler took over, and then now Rabbi Fishbane. But uh, Rabbi Heisler kept it going in the tough years. If it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be an ACO. And ACO is an association of cachous organizations. I don't know if there's maybe 150, 200 members there, but that means that that those organizations uh, try as much as possible to toe the line together. In fact, they even have uh, meetings where they with a with certain groups of the the major cautious organizations had meetings to set up standards for group one which means what things we allow with no certification and they try to standardize it so actually it's it's the best thing that's for the consumer that they don't know about but anyway they have a, every year a vadim uh, conference, which is which is for smaller organizations and, and for out-of-town organizations. It's a little bit different than the big one that they have here in New York. And I never attended the Vahadam uh, conference. Can you tell me a little bit about it or whatever you want to share with us?
0: So the ACO uh, conference that is run, like you say, by Rabbi Shalom Fishman who's a dear friend of mine. We learned together in Yeshiva in Chicago for many years. And that's a it's a very important resource for um, especially for the smaller it's, it's beautiful that the OU hosts it every year in their offices in, uh, in Manhattan, in uh, New York and they host this uh, ACCO convention and there you have various speakers and various subjects that are discussed that are both a benefit for cashless, um, and a benefit for the business side of the as well as long as well as generally they'll have a number of the Gedelem. It used to be always Urbelski used to um, attend, and there would always be a question and answer, and Urbalski would usually give some Deverei Rafa and Deverei chizuk. So it's nice. It gives you an idea of some of the new um, equipment and new um, challenges that are in the kosher world, as well as um, ways how to navigate the uh, difficulties in the modern, in the modern modern food world. So uh, I find it very advantageous, as well as getting a, being able to uh, meet various and mashkichim and people uh, with different talents and different uh, strengths that you could uh, network with.
1: I, I know my listeners heard a word that they don't, you know, that, that they, you mentioned, you mentioned about the finances, about the financial part, and, then, and that's part of the meetings that they have. I don't think our listeners understand that while you might have a national hashgacha or an individual rabbi who is doing very well Meaning the individual rabbis, one rabbi with twenty hashkoches, let's say, and maybe maybe more, but I'm uh, gonna say twenty hashkoches, and you may have a a national, co- uh, a organization that has two thousand hashkoches, and they're doing mm-hmm. very well, but the Vadim mm-hmm. are more community oriented, and they need the the influx of money. They don't have um, Manhattan prices for hashkoches. They have to do right. something yeah. which, which will. Uh, Benefit the community, but they need the dollars flowing in to be able to do it. So, uh, for, for the Vadim to have uh, their their finances taken care of, I think is very crucial. Right, right, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, when
0: when when you're when you're in a Vada we we like to look at ourselves as in Klitkodesh, we're helping, um, we're helping Yidden kosher all over the world, and. It's really, you know, you see so much tiyatah b'shemiah in everything that we do every single day. And you really have to understand that the, you know, the big shem, of course, are much bigger, and they're able to do advertising. They're able to, uh, like you say, draw money from maybe bigger accounts than the small vah But, you know, a B'Achim gives everybody a piece of pie, or, uh, as you might want to say, a piece of bread. So... It's really you. You really have to have bittachin, and it it really it all works out at the end. And and with the right model and and with the with the right attitude, and uh, you make sure to we're 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 very careful. We we try to treat all our clients with uh, proper their heads to be able to keep them that they shouldn't uh, you know go to maybe some of the bigger Hashem, the bigger names, as long as well. As trying to keep a good relationship with other echsherim, and this way we network together with them. And you know, if I if I have here in Denver, if I get an account someplace uh, in um, uh, a different state, so will use the local F-share in that state. And we hope that they'll reciprocate. And if they get a uh, an account in uh, say Denver or uh, anywhere in the Colorado Western region. Uh, we'll hope that they would reciprocate, and they would use us. So that's a great resource. That uh, besides for direct companies that we're involved with, we also do many other uh, work for the other half-share that might be in our neighborhood.
1: What about for some of the nationals? Do you have also work that you do for the the big uh, big five?
0: Yeah, we we work together with with uh, with many many of the half-share. The big five, we. We work with OU and OK and CRC and the rest of them. Um, we're we're we're, we're, we're um, we have a unique advantage that the region that we're in—it's a pocket of, of Yiddishkeit in the middle of no place. The closest biggest town to Colorado would be a thousand miles to the west, which is California, Los Angeles, wow. and then to the east, a thousand miles to Chicago. Wow. So um, you know, we have anything that's. Uh, in the middle, Idaho and Utah; those are big states for us to be able to do conscious, not only our own, but from the uh, big national uh, cashters agencies as well.
1: This gives me an idea of, of, of the, you know, of the, the community there. I mean, we, we're talking about Denver; we're, maybe we're talking Boulder. I, how is it spread out a little bit? I mean, how many how many families are are from families that you have living there, as far as you know?
0: So it's a hard question. We get asked this a lot: how many families in my neighborhood, which is the old West Side neighborhood? It's about 115 years old. Uh, There's uh, close to 100 families. So about uh, what would be in uh, two apartment buildings in uh, New York? <laughs> that's what uh, that, <laughs> that's our neighborhood. And uh, you know, Baruch Shem, that's that's where we're happy with it. Of course, we would like it to grow. But uh, in the meantime, it's nice. And then in addition, there's another two neighborhoods. There's three neighborhoods in Denver and what we call is the west side. And then there's the east side, uh, which is a larger neighborhood. There's uh, maybe 300 families there. And then there's southeast uh, Denver with uh, also about a hundred families. So probably total about uh, 500, close to 500 families in the Denver area. And then Boulder has a very, very small um, small Yiddish population. I, I'm not even sure if there used to be. Well, there are two Chabad houses there. So there is, you know, Chabad does have uh, presence there. But other than that, I don't know if there's a uh, Mimian or a Norish Shul. There used to be something, but they closed down a few years ago. Now,
1: one of the, one of the uh, special uh, opportunities that ha- takes place outside of New York, more than inside New York, is the opportunity to make the Kiddush Hashem among uh, some of our neighbors who are not Jewish, and, and certainly maybe to reach out a little bit to those who are not religious yet. Uh, can you give us a little bit of uh, your own experience with that?
0: Right. So, uh, reaching out to people who are not yet from or uh, Goyim, making a Kiddush Hashem, here in Denver, people don't, there are many, many people who don't even know what a Jew is. So it's you know, sometimes right away a Jew has might have a negative connotation, so they might have seen something on the news or read something in a paper. Here, a lot of people don't know what Jews are. So you're you're starting off with a clean sheet, and uh, wherever you go, anywhere you go, you can make a Kiddush Hashem, especially in the line of work that we're in, in the Kashra's world, where they're looking up to us, where the rabbi's walking in, uh, we have the 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 privilege of making the Kiddush Hashem every single day in every place that, that we go. There are many Jews here in Denver. They, there's some Somebody said that there's 10% of Boulder is Jewish. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but a lot, a lot of Jews. And uh, I'm still very close with the Denver Community colo and uh, we have a lot of outreach programs, and we open up our doors for people to come and learn um in the nights and in uh illegal holidays and things of that nature. And uh we're out giving shurim to the Russian community and to uh other communities that uh are uh, less educated in Yiddishkeit and um there's really a tremendous, tremendous uh, opportunity to bring pl- people closer to uh to and the Torah. There's really a lot of opportunity for that.
1: This, was, my guest tonight is Rabbi Elchanan Joseph, who is the kashas administrator in the, the Vad of, uh, of of the Scroll K Vad. And I, I'd like to ask you, Rabbi Joseph, uh, what is the makeup of the, the Vad itself? In other words, you have you yourself are the kashas administrator. There's a Rabbinic administrator, and there are uh, other people, and whatever it is. How large is the group? Uh, how many Ashkos do you have? Give us just a little bit of an idea of the breakdown of what what you basically do every day. What is your job really?
0: So we have uh we have a rava Marcher, Rabbi Raskam. He's been the Rabba Marcher for many years, uh here with us. We're we're very lucky to have him. He's a wonderful Tanchochum and he guides us in many complex uh that we have in uh what to do in different kosher situations, whether to take on new and new new um whether take on new companies and how to navigate those companies. In addition to that, we have uh besides myself, we have three wonderful Mashkichim and um our Mashkichim do a little bit of everything. Whereas you have you might have a bigger Hakshar that has secretaries and uh different people that are able to uh... departmentalize and do different jobs here we every one of us does a little bit of everything we all do uh, visits to various plants we all do our own paperwork creating different schedules and that is a list of approved ingredients and non-approved ingredients and um, how to how to run uh, guiding the companies how to run a kosher company and a kosher product and uh, as well as just the monetary billing and things of that nature, everybody's doing a little bit of everything. So we're really a tight, very tight-knit um, group, and uh, this way everybody gets experience in all the different uh, parts of uh, running a harsher. Uh,
1: so, Rabbi Joseph, how, would you, how many uh, local hashgachas do you have, and maybe some regional ones?
0: So, Baruch Hashem, we have uh, quite a few local hashgahs. There's a number of uh, industrial um, uh, manufacturing facilities here. There's a large industrial area here in town, and they do all sorts of, uh, whether it be uh, snacks or uh, bakeries, uh, pharmaceuticals, all all different types of uh, candies, vitamins, health products. All different types of uh, items, and uh, we it keeps us, it keeps us. Suffice it to say that it, we're we're kept busy um, <laughs> all the time. We have uh, we don't have too many vacation days, for Shabbat and Yontes, <laughs> Although we like to say in the conscience world, we we work on Shabbat and Yom too, because uh, we over have to Everybody
1: comes over and show. Everybody comes over and show.
0: Right? Yeah. Silent people are constantly <laughs> want to know about different uh, products and uh okay. different silos that come up in the home so um we're 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 busy and then uh, we do quite a bit of traveling as well uh to the uh, near uh, to the uh neighboring states so how do you uh, set up how do you
1: it? set up um the local restaurants and pizza, if you have that and bakeries I mean how much how much could you visit if you have all these only three people or four people actually working the whole system how do you how do you address the 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 need for uh, on-site inspection in in these facilities that are local that are re- retail so there is one of the mashkichim is uh, designated that his job is really.
0: Almost 100% on just um, the local bakeries and restaurants, pizza shops, and catering and things of that nature. We're small, so it's not there's only there's only one there's a well there's more than one bakery there's two bakeries and there's a you know one pizza shop and one restaurant. So we're able to visit those. Between the five of us, they get visited almost every single day. Uh, a mashgich will go in there and spend some time. Besides, for the mashkiach that is uh, actually working at the uh, at the restaurant, um, so you have an, in, you have an in-
1: in-house re- mashkiach in the restaurant. Is is it is the mashki, is the is the restaurant owned by a shomer Shabbos or not? The restaurant
0: is owned by a shomer Shabbos,
1: Very Yes. Good. Very good. Excellent. Yeah. And is it yeah. or, or, or milchik's? So there's
0: uh, there's a pizza shop. It's owned by from a yid, and there's a Fleischiger restaurant
1: also owned by from a yid. Okay, so we have it all it all covered. Do you have sushi? That's what everybody's asking these days. Do you have sushi? <laughs> so I, I that's a good question. There is <laughs> you didn't make, in the old days they they didn't make it if you sushi didn't have as well. Today you don't make it if not so, sushi. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying in the old days you didn't make it if you didn't have a pizza store. In today's world you don't make it. You don't have sushi.
0: It's very, very new. It's probably less than six months that we have sushi now in Denver. Okay. You don't have to go to New York now, you know. We used to be if you wanted sushi, and uh, Now uh, we do it. The, the I'm place they on Don Sushi, and.
1: Um, I mean, Joseph, I'm out. not a Maven. I've never tried it, but I, I, but I, but I, I hear about it all the time. And I was at a Chasna last night, and I could tell you that it wasn't just that they had sushi; they they had an entire. Array, you can't imagine the size of just the sushi, and they had the meat and everything else. But this sushi was like huge, everything from A to Z. <laughs> yeah,
0: that 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 we do not that we don't have here, not 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 of that scale. Rabbi Winkler, I'll tell you a a, a it's a it's a bit of a scary story. But you mentioned sushi. We had uh, not too long ago. I was. Uh, Uh, doing an affair. Uh, This was a very fancy, very upscale birthday party. And they had uh, not only did they have sushi, but they had a a Japanese uh, group of uh, guys that came in and prepared all different types of fish for this uh, exclusive birthday party. So, of course, like we do with all catered events, we make sure to meet the caterer. If it's not one of the regular caterers, we'll meet the caterer in the place of the event, and we'll go through the entire event will review it before it happens. This way, occult, social, et uh we're best prepared for it. So we sat and we met. You know, we discussed with the cater everything that he's allowed to do and what, what is acceptable and not acceptable. So it comes the day of the event, and they're preparing, and he takes out of a bucket out of a, uh, out of a cooler. He takes out uh, a, it looked to me like some fish or meat. I wasn't sure what it was. So I asked him, I said, well, what is this that you have here? He said, that's eel. I said, (laughs) eel? You can't bring eel to a kosher event. He said, you told me the fish has to have the skin on. I made sure to leave the skin on on the eel.
1: (laughs) Wow. You can't assume anything, Rabbi. You can't can't assume assume a thing. (laughs) Nothing. You cannot assume anything. That's it. So that was the... uh, Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go through yeah. some uh, some uh, a couple of I- items here, and I want to invite anyone who wants to start calling. You can call us and speak to myself and Rebbe Khan and Joseph, who is the kashas uh, administrator administrator of the Scroll K Vod, and uh, it's you can call us at seven one eight six eight three. 5858 718 Or you could text us at 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398. Or you can call us starting now at 718-683-5858 to speak to Rabbi Elchanan Joseph, who's right now in Colorado. Uh, Rabbi, I want to ask you, we... We, recently, our communication was over a few issues, and I want to share them with the with people who are listening because we just sent it out. Are in a cautious monthly for January, and these are the the first three were about the scroll K, and we communicated with you. And I want you just let, let let us let our readers know a little about listeners know a little more about the background of some of these uh, whichever ones you want to talk about. The first one was assorted candies, A S S O R T I T, assorted candy products of Brooklyn, New York, and they're selling on Amazon. Uh, Products that have a scroll K and they're not authorized by the scroll K. That's number one. Number two was a dark chocolate-covered espresso beans from the Woman's Bean Project with an unauthorized scroll K, and Ola—I can't pronounce it—Olomono Olomomo nuts. An interesting spelling. Although Momo nuts that uh, also bore an unauthorized scroll K. So you want to give me you know, a little bit of a background of of either one of some one or one or more of these, and you know how you handle it, and what it, you know what it means to you. Because me, it's just uh, nine lines on on a paper.
0: Right. So so this is this, this is something for us. It's a little bit unusual for us to have. Um, we've had a number of unauthorized scroll K usage over the past uh, about month or two, and it's kept us busy, you know, because we, uh, first of all, we'll, we'll of course we'll call them and we'll send them an email and we'll explain to them that that can't be done, and uh, they must immediately remove that scroll K. Of course, they're always welcome to, um, if they would like to get it certified, to uh, try to arrange that, but for the meantime they would have to remove everything and depending on the uh customers some are are very apologetic and they say they didn't realize that and uh they might have it might have been the graphic person that had done that uh, one person told me it was the graphic person and they actually got rid of that graphic person because uh, they were making all sorts of mistakes uh, hard to know if that's true or not but um but uh, I don't, I, I don't know if they're all with malicious intent. I would think that sometimes, uh, for a candy, a lot of times they might just be repackaging something. Right. So they'll buy something; it has a heftier on it, then they repackage it with the same heftier. Now, of course, that's not allowed, but they might might not realize that. Right. Um, so that's something that we, you know, we keep a close eye on. We uh, we generally. We rely on consumers. These are all things that consumers had called in about or had sent us pictures about. They'll see something in the store, and they'll say, it's it's actually your Heksher on it. Is that correct? And uh, most of the times it is, uh, but at times times we'll find that they they made a mistake. You know, there was a chocolate-covered espresso. That was one of our mashkichim walked into a a store and found that, and that was just a... um, uh, an oversight somebody had that's a kosher that's a kosher an outfit Woman's bean project is most of the things that they make there are kosher this was something somebody had changed uh, some uh something and uh we didn't realize it and then the person in charge of the kosher uh at their end didn't realize it and uh that was just a uh a simple mistake but um But, it if is, you have, it does but, but
1: Joseph mistakes like these means you've made it now, first, first of all, you appear in Cautious Magazine. This is Cautious Monthly, but it's it's mine. And plus the fact that, you know, I put you above all the unauthorized OUs. <laughs> so this is making it in the world. Your name is out there. You see, it means that they want to copy you, it means that they... They, they, they want to copy something good, so they know that that's a good, a good symbol to use. I think the most recent one was, it was the funniest one of all, is the, is the one I called you about, where we, we, you can tell them a little bit about that, because I don't remember the name of the company, because the gentleman called up with a, a real, uh, a, a real uh, you know, whatever accent it is. He had the full accent, and he called up and told me that it really is the scroll. Okay, I called you about that one. Just tell the readers, listeners about that.
0: Right. So that that's, uh, that's actually a, a company called, I think it's called Ugavi, and they make uh, agave uh, sweetened sodas. And uh, they took the liberty to, they are under, they're a certified company. They make, uh, everything they make is, I believe it's everything they make is kosher. And uh, I'm not the mashkir there. One of our Rabbi Fleischman is one of our mashkirchim, but he, he takes care of that company. And... um And they took the liberty of sprucing up our Hampshire a bit. They changed the (laughs) logo to make it look a little fancier. They actually did a very nice job on it. But it threw me off because I didn't realize that that was our certification.
1: But it also doesn't look exactly uh, like yours. It doesn't look exactly like yours because the Atsi Chaim, they don't have anything going up and down the way you have. Right, right,
0: right. They they. They Americanized it uh, a bit. They made I it look, to know, uh, you know, a little uh, more my, modern. So they I want it.
1: you to know that there's another hashkacha that has that symbol, the one that they used it's a, a european uh-huh. one a european one i you look at it in my book i can show it to let you know later on which one it was but it that's it's so confusing i get these calls all the time because they say it's not in your book i said well I, this is the same Hashgacha. but they constantly constantly saying that it's not really true you know it is slightly different etc interesting interesting yeah. thank you so anyway, let, 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 let's uh, call the readers, uh, listeners again if they'd like to uh, call in. Is anybody calling yet? No? Okay, 718-683-5858. If you'd like to speak to myself, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine, or to my guest, who is Rabbi Elchanan Joseph uh, the from the Scroll K Vod, and uh, you can call us at 718-683-5858 to discuss anything you're interested in Kashrus. And also, you can text us at 347-927-8398. You can text us at 347-927-8398. And for just a moment, I want to say a word about our sponsor, which is uh, Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. When you think of Glotmart, you should think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you'll save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And at Glotmart, you can save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all those special items that you purchased in the store. And uh, some of the items that are on sale today and tomorrow, I don't have the new ones after that, but the ones for today and tomorrow, here's one of the save a few dollars for you tasters choice regular coffee 12 ounce 9.99 you should save about three four dollars on that one tasters choice regular coffee 12 ounce 9.99 uh, you can get unknown's regular eight slice pizza 7.39 meal Mart chicken wings two pounds for 7.99 you like uh, sweet potatoes or butternut squash each one is 59 cents a pound and the Cortland apples are just 99 In the meat department, we have shoulder lamb chops, round bone lamb chops, and minute steak roast. The shoulder lamb chops, $9.99, the round bone lamb chops, $10.99, 10.99, and the minute steak roast, 11.99. Some excellent items at Gladmart, And at Glatmart, the quality of meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and the Kashvas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meat and expert Nikor at Glatmart, you're getting quality Kashvas. Glatmart is at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove and Gladmart, tell them you heard about Glatmart on Kashrus on the air, over J Root Radio. Okay, we have some callers. Okay, go ahead please. You're on Cassius on the air. Please turn down your radio. You're speaking to us on Hello. the air. Okay. Hello. Go ahead, please.
0: Yes. Um I was wondering I came in the middle of the conversation though. Is is Rabbi Heiser still part of the cashist of uh the scroll care as well?
1: Joseph. Yes, you're back.
0: Rabbi Heisler still is part I'm of the kashras. He, he's he has uh, taken well, a little bit of a back seat. Okay. Uh, he's been doing this for many, many years, and he's uh, now he's not running around as much as he used to. But he is he's, he is still active um, as a consultant, and it helps us out uh, where needed. Uh, okay,
1: Okay, actually, he, he trained you. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, mean, I spoke to him about it way, way back in the beginning when you were first starting out. So I'm sure he put in a lot of effort making sure that you didn't have so much trouble. Right? <laughs> Made it easier uh, he, for you. Robert, I, I'm sorry. I'm saying he, he 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 helped you get in the game, and he helped uh, make it easier for you. I spoke to him. About- I am,
0: yes, I'm I'm very very lucky. My is a wonderful one. He was a wonderful boss and a wonderful help to me. Very, very special person, and uh, we're very lucky, we're very convinced that we have him here in Denver and in the cautious, uh, the cautious world for all these years. That's a it's a wonderful
1: thing. And we, and we were lucky what he did in, uh, with the ACCO. I mean, he, I don't know if anybody can understand this. I'm not going to discuss it too much on the radio. But uh, when you get a lot of Robunum and there's cautious and there's money and there's power and there's, you know, different ideas in one room and you can keep everybody you know relaxed and everybody talking nicely <laughs> together that's a trick and he, and he did it for years i watched it and he worked very hard at it and the, to keep the smile going when it was the, when the going was tough he was a one he was wonderful at it I, I really i really told him many times how impressed i was at how he handled it Okay, so yeah. you have any more calls? No. Okay, so let's go back to some of our discussion. But anybody who wants to reach us, we're at 718-683-5858 to speak to Rabbi Elchanan Joseph in Denver, from the Vada of uh, Denver, which is uh, the, the Scroll K, or to myself, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashi's Magazine. So Rabbi, share with me a little bit uh, one of the stories of when you walked into one of these estout, one of these places, whether it's a, a plant or maybe whatever it is that you walked into, um, and, and, and something you saw, something, you know, that somebody, like we mentioned before about the eel, something that that, that, that people were surprised at when you explained it to them, or it surprised you. Any, any anecdote that you'd like to share with us?
0: So, Rabbi Wickler, it's interesting. You used an interesting uh, choice of words, and that's explaining it to them. Communication is so important, and... You know treating people with the proper hair and even if they make a mistake, just explaining to them what the proper way is and sometimes it it, it goes such a long way uh, not too long ago, I was in a plant this plant makes uh, they make various uh, well, they make various sauces and mixtures um, that that are ingredients into uh, that they they don't go they go into the commercial industry they go for an ingredient for something else these are not going to the consumer and this is a uh, special production that we were doing we were going to kosher the plant and uh, then uh, I would be there for the next few days during the production and while they would produce this kosher thing and it's not the first time they had done this they had done this before as well so I came in, and we had scheduled that we we're going to do the kosher first thing early uh, Monday morning. It might have been 6 or 7 a.m. I figured I'd come pay him a visit the evening before just to make sure that everything was on schedule. So I came in there. I was, it was unannounced. I didn't tell them that I was coming early. And I see lined up a pallet of, uh, of sauce that they had made already. Yeah. So I asked him, I said, uh, "I said, what's, what's, what's the sauce here? What, what, what is this? We, we haven't made it. You know, special run is for tomorrow. Not, 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 it hasn't happened yet. He said, oh, no, Rabbi. He said, that when, we're, when we kosher the equipment, I'm going to be koshering this product as well. So what he didn't understand was that you could kosher equipment, but product that's made already, you cannot kosher that if that was already made in non-kosher equipment so i explained that to him that this has already been made and it's tainted and it's uh, not super kosher and there's no way to reverse that it's only from here on in that we could make kosher product and he was taken aback at first he didn't realize that and it was a, a bit of a loss for him he was he was expecting to be able to use this palette of of product uh but after after we sat down and we discussed it he said you know that that really does make a lot of sense, and he understands it, and uh, that cle- that cleared it, and uh, what potentially could have been, uh, you know, a, a, a tremendous misho as well as a, uh, um, a misunderstanding. Baruch Hashem, with the after
1: that turned out all right. Well, he, he this, this gentleman felt that you were going to bless it. Is that what he thought?
0: I'm not sure exactly what he thought. He thought that when that he would rerun this product, meaning he would put it in the kosher equipment again and mix it over, and that would make it kosher. So, wow. um, you know, obviously he didn't have much of an understanding in what kosher does and what kosher is, which many of them don't. They they totally rely on the rabbi to tell them exactly what needs to be done. So
1: a lot of it's but, educational. Uh, a lot of it's education. You have to really start with edu- basic education. With, with so an, much education,
0: yeah. so much. And it's so appreciative when you educate them. I think, I think, I don't know, you hear stories about what used to happen in the conscious world. For Hashem, today, most plants that I come across they're they they're respectful and they want to do things properly. They don't. They're not trying to mo, most. Most are not trying to pull the wool over your eyes, and with the proper understanding and educating and discussing uh, the uh, protocol, uh, things could really be be done properly in a in a in a in a way. I'll, is that a year to type.
1: Definitely, one of the things that always interests me. I don't. I don't know what the arrangements are. What goes on out there in Denver? But you know, we're technically Orthodoxy is about ten percent of the Jews. That's my guess. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's forget the numbers. But it's not the overriding majority. But yet it's the strongest, of course, the most committed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's still a lot of non-observant Jews, and there are levels of non-observance. There are some that call themselves conservative that may still keep some of the laws of kosher, may be in the house, maybe be out of the house, maybe be partway, I don't know exact level. What is your communication with the non-Orthodox segment of Jewish uh, Jewish life in um, you know in, in Denver are, are they cooperative? Is there a, any way that you can help educate them? Is it, is it any? I mean, not so. about I'm not talking now about uh Shabbaton. I'm saying pure Kashrus. Do you get called down to talk about anything? Is there any openness? Uh, interest? Are there any interest in the non-orthodox community for kosher? That's what we're very interested in finding out.
0: So. That's a good question. That's you know obviously that's not something that we deal with all the time. Um, It is occasionally uh, we'll deal with it. We we have some events that it always astounds me. Some of the very large events in town that are done by totally non-religious organizations. But they very much want it to be kosher. They want the events to be kosher catered and they know that they have to compromise on that. They it's it's a it's a it's a they have a there's a cost uh for that. And uh in addition, they can't have everything they want. But um they they know and they they understand that there is something that's being done in a public way, uh it's proper for it to be kosher. There's also uh, a group that we deal with, uh, Jewish Family Services, and they do kosher lunch every single day for seniors. And they're very, very meticulous. It's been difficult for them to do it kosher, but they want very much that uh, these people that have, even though right now probably uh, most of them don't uh, keep kosher, but these are Jewish people and they want them to have the to have the kosher. So there is. So yes, there is. Even from the non from non religious, there is a desire that there be a the kosher option and that for events and different uh places that there be kosher. For they themselves in their house I I don't I don't see too much of it, although occasionally we will be asked, we you know, we offer free um, advice on how to keep kosher, as well as if anybody would like to have their house koshered, we do that at no charge. We'll uh, will come and kosher any house. That and you, you get to. calls and,
1: and, on that? Yeah, calls of that nature to the, the kosher house.
0: We get calls of that um, probably a number of times a month. So a that, number that of times a month to kosher the house? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's,
1: that's, that's very a, that's very, really interesting. Yeah. very interesting. Yeah. very interesting. Yeah. And yeah. and what, what motivated them? I mean, are those people within the non-Orthodox community, or are those are people who are moving to the Orthodox? They're moving know, to the right.
0: You know, I'll tell you, we had this week, somebody called us, they just opened up a preschool, not Orthodox preschool, the people that are running it are not, but they wanted a Jewish preschool should have a kosher kitchen. So uh, they wanted us to guide them how, what they could buy and what they can't buy, and how they could prepare uh items you know they're not doing major cooking there it's just small preparations of foods but they wanted to have a kosher kitchen
1: beautiful so uh yeah i want to share with you a story okay all right we're gonna we're gonna reverse roles here (laughs) listen
0: rabbi winkle you've been around this a lot longer than me i bet (laughs) you you could probably tell me a
1: lot more stories yeah i got plenty of stories but i'm not gonna gonna take take all your time away (laughs) but one story i want to share with you I got a call from a lady. This is—I mean, we're talking, you know, more than twenty years ago. But I got a call from a lady, and, and she said she wants to know how to kosher her summer home, to kosher it. So I said, you know, it's a little involved, and and I don't know if I want to sh- do through a whole thing with you on the phone. Um, maybe you should really ask your rabbi. She said, Rabbi Wickler, I'm Reform, and my rabbi doesn't keep kosher, but I do. So I sat down and I, I, I helped her to help Kasha her home. I thought that was, a, that was an extraordinary Beautiful. story. It means Beautiful. to say, see, that's what we have to be open for this. That's why when you're right. talking about the couple of times a month they come to you, that's gold. That's, that's what you're yeah. there for. If, you, if right. you can help another Jew find his way a little bit back, that's what we're really right. there for. You know, right. uh, the right. Orthodox people are going to find kosher with or without us. You know, with, you know this, thank God everybody's going to keep kosher. But, but the people who are struggling and who don't right. not have a clear idea of what it's all about, that's what we're there for. That's beautiful. I'm right. very impressed by that right. answer that you got, about, that right. they're calling, and I'm very impressed that there are people who, who are trying to still keep kosher even though the mass of the people that they're working with are not committed to kosher. Uh, that's, that says a lot for the future i don 't know how many we 're going to get back, but this does a lot for the future very impressed
0: we, we do in conjunction with one of the uh, one of the uh, Jewish uh, organizations in town, we do a kosher walkthrough in the, one of the large uh, grocery stores it 's sponsored by the grocery store and there's other sponsors and it 's a lot of fun and one of us will will um, will uh, we'll be a guide in one of the large grocery stores to show people how simple it is to keep kosher. Beautiful. It's not only, you know, you, there's so many things just in the grocery store that you could buy that is, uh, that's kosher. So that's, that's very helpful to a lot of people that are not yet keeping kosher as well to see that it's doable and it's possible.
1: Did you go along with one of those? Yeah, yes. yes. And, and how many people do you attract for that?
0: Uh, the last year, we had about 35 people.
1: Very nice. And these are people that you would say are technically not kosher or not fully kosher. Right. Yeah. And they were open to go to see. And, and, and which organization was it that you were working with?
0: That's an organization here in town run by the uh, yeshiva called Jewish Experience.
1: Uh-huh. Beautiful. Well, that, yeah. that 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 really is a, a, a big kid of Shashem. A big, big hit of Shasham. I mean, the, we are really, you know, we're in a position. I mean, I tell you, I get a lot of these calls. I mean, not everybody calls me like that, but I remember one lady called, and she was she was, she was, was livid about the fact that there's a rabbi who, who certifies for Pesach uh, products that have kidneys. And mm-hmm. she told me, I mean, the discussion, that she doesn't keep kosher. But for Pesach, <laughs> she keeps kosher. And she couldn't accept that this rabbi is a real rabbi at all, and he's going to give on uh, something that had kidneys, to that was to, I try to explain to that's a minigan and you know Kashrus is, is is big stuff, but she couldn't get that too well. But she but she knew that that's not really kosher for Passover, and yet uh-huh. you know she so they're, they're they're so confused, and yet we're in that position. So many times we have that opportunity. It's really what we're there for to help people. But I think the helping the Orthodox people to navigate the crazy kosher world is, is just as important. <laughs> right yeah right anyway let me ask you another question i see we're not calling into nobody's calling they they're happy with the show they don't want to call in if you want to reach us we still have a few minutes 718-683-5858 718-683-5858 well i was interested in this uh the last point that i had on my paper that i i sent to you you know Every rubber marcher suffers from the hawk and the complaints and the misunderstandings of the people that uh, you know that the people have about kosher. What are some of the points that you heard people express that you wish they understood better? How, how should they investigate when they think that they that they find something questionable? I mean, give us a little bit idea of what you want to tell the kosher consumer, whether it's in uh, whether it's in you know in, in in Colorado or it's here in New York. What do you, what do you wish that they knew or did? You know, <laughs> I, 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 from where I'm sitting,
0: I I don't get too many complaints. We don't, you know, naturally the only the only real complaints that uh, that we have to deal with is caterers. Caterers, it's it's hard for for caterers. You know, they, they want to do everything fast and they want to get everything done, and it not a, not necessarily always could be done that way. Um, you know, we we find one of the one of the uh, problems with uh, people that aren't, uh, you, you know, maybe people that are, don't understand halacha so well have a problem with the bugs, right. you know, the toloim. So toloim, my grandmother, she was from and she ate a lettuce and all these things. Why can't I have asparagus and strawberries and blackberries? So th- th- that's something that. Um, you, you wish people would just take the time to actually look at the uh look at the items to look at the vegetables and everybody could see the box for themselves. These are not big humors that their abundance are making. These are these are uh, And if you take the time to look at it you'll uh, you'll notice it yourself. So that 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 might be one thing that uh that people have. Sometimes about simcha that's making a simcha after Shabbos, Mata Shabbos. And they don't realize that uh, in owing food to the event, it uh, needs preparation. So if you want to have your Simcha uh, starting 15 minutes after Shabbos, that can't be because you're going to cause Chas Vashon for either a Friday to be Mechal Shabbos or for a guy to do malacha for you on Shabbos. So that's something that sometimes is a bit of a struggle with people explaining to them that there are other things besides Rikashas and Sha and uh being careful that all the other halah besides just Kashas are met that's uh, something that needs uh explanation and uh communication with uh with the palkha but Hashem, by and large we we don't have too many too many issues people are grateful and happy that they're able to have ka and that we take care of it and uh i'm 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 lucky that uh that uh, we don't have that many complaints.
1: Well, we got them here. <laughs> let, let me let me just uh, it, it give you one uh, suggestion, and then I have a bunch of callers that are calling in now. So one suggestion is that just like you have that program of going around the store together with that group, the, the Jewish Outreach, the Jewish Learning over there, perhaps mm-hmm. you want to take and show have a demonstration of... Uh, vegetables and just you know show them maybe the and maybe something else whatever you people right. do leaf by leaf just to show them let them get an idea of the intricacy of it maybe they'll take mm-hmm. it seriously for themselves and also they'll understand why you're saying no to certain products i think people right. need it more they 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 don't really grasp it i, I i'm telling you right here as well we don't have enough of these demonstrations so that's something su- I want to suggest but we got mm-hmm. a bunch of callers now Rabbi Joseph okay first caller you're now on the air with Rabbi Wickler uh, from Kasha's Magazine and Rabbi uh, Elchanan Joseph from the Vod of Scroll K in Denver go ahead please hello? yes you're on the air if, if let's say someone puts um, m-
0: milk in the fresh sink and it goes on
1: fresh stuff
0: is it cold or is it hot?
1: Emmy. What? Emmy. What? What did I didn't hear what you said? What? Hot or cold, Emmy? Semi. You could you Emmy. put? Any, any, any. We want to. You no, could, there's a difference between hot and cold. But most times it's cold, and you just wash everything off. If it's hot, it means it's really burning hot right off the fire. Then we have to talk about it. And then, you know, that shilo you'll ask the rabbi if it ever comes up. But it doesn't happen very much because most times, even if you have a coffee, it's already sitting a little bit, and, and the milk inside is very little, and it spills out. It's, it, it's what we call eerie It's cliche, which is almost a nothing. So that really, the main question is only if you have, a uh, let's say, a hot uh, cocoa and you, and from, a, from a pot, and you accidentally pour it inside. Otherwise, you don't have to worry. Just wash it off, cold water. Okay. Kay. Thank you very much for calling. Go ahead. You're not. No we one lost, else. We lost them. We lost everybody else. Okay. So if you still want to get through, you have a couple of minutes. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. What else would you like to share with us, Rabbi Joseph? Um, I'm not. Sure. I, I I I believe
0: that uh, most conscious agencies have always uh try to steer people towards buying items, even what we would call a group one or something with a Hesha, that's always advisable. But in the past, uh I know canned vegetables have been a um have been something that there were various people that were makeal to buy as long as there were no uh questionable ingredients, they would buy canned vegetables, uh green beans or corn or something like this. We were recently in a very large canning facility, and we were touring it. They wanted to get a hasher on it, and we're touring, and they tell me they do corn and beans. And we took a look through the entire warehouse, and there was probably maybe a million pounds of uh, different types of beans in these super sacks with a ton or two tons of uh, product uh, beans inside the sacks. And we went through, and that's all they had, corn and beans. And uh, we went through the process, and it looked like there was nothing else there. While we're walking, we see in the corner a, a machine with a cover on top of it. So I asked the fellow, we asked him, what well, what's this machine over here? Is that for the pork? I said, pork? <laughs> no one said anything about pork. He said, we do it very rarely. Almost never. Maybe twice a year we do pork.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. So, wow. You
0: know, it, it just... Comes the show, and I don't believe that they were trying to trick us.
1: No, I they really weren't. think
0: that he didn't remember. He forgot that they do the pork. Right. But of course, the entire plant had to be koshered.
1: Wow! Wow! Very interesting. Thank you. very We have a couple of callers. Okay, you're on cautious on the air. Go ahead, please. Hello, me. Yes, you're on the air. Go ahead.
0: Hi. Um. So I have a question. because uh, we, I heard before you mentioned about the the didn't understand about kidneys, but that eat it. I want to know also with Bishol Akum, a lot of times like uh, the halakhas are different for Sparta and Ashkenazim, or Pasakum, like for instance Pas-Pater, So should we assume uh, that if something has a hexer, that it's, it's also for Bishol Akum, or like, for instance, like a, a wrap or a bread or something, or is it only, or do they rely on Paspater and the kosher for Ashkenazim, not for Spartan?
1: Well, let's first ask the rabbi. Rabbi Joseph, what the policy is for for the Vod in in, in Denver in terms of palter and uh, maybe whatever else you want to share with us about how you take care of Bishu Israel.
0: So um, if if we're we're dealing with something that is uh, uh, something that's a Bishu, uh, you know, a Bishu, uh, of course, we would. And we wouldn't give a half on anything like that. If there's a, a visual problem, if it's a and the different halachas that uh, that are uh, that uh, that are with um, with uh, with uh, anything that's cooked. Uh, when it comes to pas akum, so then we, we 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 label it as such. We would label it as either it's being all or not. And this way, somebody that's ma on Passse Yisrael knows that he could only purchase something that's pas Yisrael, and then uh, that would be if a, the mashjiev would turn on the oven and um, otherwise we wouldn't put the pas Yisrael, and then they know that it's not uh, it's not pas yisrael. that's so basically do, the answer uh,
1: that you could tell from the from the labeling because uh the, the general organizations in the united states OUOK, Kafke, Starke, star k those organizations are not mockpit on on pas Yisrael. Uh, they don't have only pas yisrael, so the assumption is unless it says pas yisrael, the assumption has to be that it's pas palter, which means it was a baker, and they're relying on the halach of, of pas palter, and it, it's no special uh, baking for Jews. So that's the way it works there. But with bishalakim, everybody has different approaches. There are people who have who use uh, rely rely on uh, a pilot light, not pilot lights, pilot lights, and also they sometimes they rely on glow plugs. There's many different heterim mm-hmm for uh, Bishol Akum, but everybody who goes to has to take care of Bishol Akum, according to their standards, but they have to take care of it. But Pas is something that, unless it says Pas Yisrael, you have to make the assumption that it's Pas Palter. Okay? Uh-huh. Thank you very okay. much. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Okay, we have another caller. You're on kashris on the air. Can we help you? Yes, I want to
0: Is if it's possible to find out about a restaurant in Florence, Italy,
1: Called Ruth's Kosher Kitchen, <laughs> Rabbi. You want to tell? You want to guide this man? I, I am sorry, I, I, I do not know. <laughs> not I have anyway. I have my
0: hands full with just the, the okay. one or two restaurants. I'm going I'm to tell I you.
1: I'm going to tell you my trick. I'm going to tell you my trick. Yeah. My trick is that you should call up or or email better to the these one of these three conscious organizations in England because they know everything that's happening in Europe. That the, the KLBD, the London Bethden, uh, or Kedassia, K-E-D-A-S-S-I-A, or the uh, Manchester Bethden, actually Manchester Beth Those One of those three organizations, all three of them, if you'll email them, they'll answer you and, and guide you. That's what I tell everybody, because I don't speak uh, the, the language over there, and uh, I don't have any real contacts there. So that, that's usually my way of approaching all of Europe, and I find that these organizations are very helpful because Europe is like a small country. <laughs> you know, people are traveling all the time in back and forth, and everybody knows what everybody else is doing. And those three organizations, the London Bethden and the Manchester Bethden and Kadasia are the top of the line in England. Okay?
0: Okay. I did, um, uh, actually, I did find out who the rabbi is. It is Rabbi Levy from... Florence. Yeah. And I do know that uh, I was there and I saw people eating there, but I did find out about him that he okay. was conservative
1: uh, and uh. to be
0: able to become the rabbi in the, in the synagogue, he right. became.
1: Right. Okay, I, we have to go now So thank you very, very much for calling Because we're, the, our show is over And uh, Rabbi Rabbi Joseph Thank you very much for joining us And being uh, such a good guest And handling everything that we had to handle tonight I thank you, we're looking forward to commu- Good communication between us And the uh, VAD, VAD in, the, in Denver The Scroll K And they should be have much success In your new position as Kasha's Administrator of the VOD of The, VAD of, uh, the, the uh, Scroll K VOD Thank you very much for Amen. joining us Thank and, uh, you,
0: Robert Winkle. I just wanted to thank you for having me. And I wanted to thank you for your tremendous outreach that you do with the magazine and with uh, all the hard work that you do. It's, it's it's tremendous, and it's very, very much appreciated. I know definitely in New York, but outside of New York, we all use the Conscious Magazine, and uh, very, very much appreciated.
1: Thank you. Have a good evening.
0: Okay, to Bye-bye.